Hello and welcome to the Real Heroes of E-Commerce. I am your host, Jason, and we are here to talk about e-commerce and marketing from the customer's perspective. Today, we have on Chris Delinsky. He is shopping as a secret Santa for trendy gifts for some members in his family. And he is also the founder of VibeHut.io, which is a new social media site that connects people through video conversations and is a much needed shift from our overly curated online selves. If you like these conversations and want to learn more about customer psychology, there are plenty of episodes and articles on our Substack, which can be found at heroesofecommerce.substack.com. And be sure to subscribe. Okay, let's get to it. Okay, Chris, welcome to the show. Jason, great to great to great to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, before we get into everything, we're going to talk about um, your company, VibeHut.io. Um, but first, let's just kind of get to know a little bit about you and who you are. Yeah, for sure. So I'm uh, I'm kind of a, a serial entrepreneur here in Canada. Um, most of my businesses, or all my businesses, have been re- related to tech. Um, I, I kind of originally went through school with a, a commerce degree and eventually really kind of decided to make the switch into coding in general. So I'm a self-taught software engineer. I've been building or coding for uh, 12 years now. Um, started in kind of uh, PHP, then got into Ruby on Rails and then JavaScript applications. Um, and basically, basically um, have kind of been trying to ride this, this uh, unbelievable tech wave that we've seen over the last kind of 20 years. And so mm-hmm. I'm just trying to find my surfboard and kind of pick a project to ride and, and kind of kind of build with other people. And so um, I, I kind of I was coding for a while, and then eventually I, I built a, my first like official kind of tech business with with, with my younger brother, um, mm-hmm. where we we basically both quit our jobs and decided to start building tech businesses. So the first one was called Nook, which was a, a coffee shop reservation application. Then we did a couple other ones, and then we we actually built one that was pretty big called uh, Clutch. Uh, Clutch is the basically the Canadian version of Carvana, um, where we had okay. warehouses across Canada, um, basically tens of millions of dollars worth of inventory, and uh, it, it's almost like Uber Eats for cars for uh, for used cars, where you can go to the website, look through all the inventory, and then say check out, do financing, warranties, everything online, and uh, the car will literally arrive at your door, uh, fully purchased by yourself. So we, nice. we raised some rounds there and kind of <laughs> eventually sold that business to some investors and then kind of picked up on the, the next thing. So since then, I built a, uh, another application called Happen. Happen is a uh, bookmarking and event tracking uh, website. That's actually mm-hmm. kind of like my OG uh, reason that I even got into coding to begin with. I just felt like the, the internet provided too many things for me to keep, keep a hold of. So I ended up kind of building that. And then after that, um, that, that website is usehappen.com. And then now I'm working on this one called Vibeput. And uh, happy to talk more about Viput, but Viput is a most simply would be a, a Zoom plus Clubhouse, so kind of a, a mm-hmm. social media uh, video first application. And uh, we've been working on it for about a year so far. Uh, raised some money for it. We have a team that's worked on it. Yeah, happy to happy to answer any questions about it. Cool. Well, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a in a second. Um, but first, let's talk about um, e-commerce and and you as a shopper. So we're about nine or 10 days out from black Friday when everyone's going to go crazy and, you know, spend all their money. Um, have you started or are you waiting for black Friday or what? You know, my shopping list is growing for sure. Um, I have in, in my family, we do a lot of kind of secret Santas 
and so I, I've, I've already drawn the names. Um, I, I won't say them who they are, but um, <laughs> I, I have to, uh, for, for girls and guys, I, I definitely have to, my shopping list is growing. Um, I personally haven't started shopping at all. It, um, I tend to be a bit of a last minute shopper. Um, so I, I, one thing that I do like is the convenience of e-commerce where I'm able to browse and kind of price compare online. Um, oftentimes I'm, with a lot of these gifts, I'm trying to find trendy products to buy. Um, mm-hmm. Something that will kind of not be the standard kind of like socks and sweater, but it'll be something more interesting and more a little bit more novel because especially during a Secret Santa, it's kind of like trying to win the shock and awe competition. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. um, so yeah, I haven't started shopping. I, I do know that Black Friday and kind of Cyber Monday is coming up. I know that Shopify actually even kind of branded it like BFCM or something like that. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. a big acronym for it. Um, but yeah, I haven't started shopping, but will be shopping certainly. So when you are looking for trendy products like that, are uh, where are you finding inspiration? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a great, it's, it's, it's kind of a hard thing actually, right? So you can go to things like uh, some of the standards and, and uh, I'm sure you're familiar with, but like you can go to things like Etsy, you can go to Pinterest, you can go to Reddit. Um, and those might be kind of like the more anti-mall, right? Like traditionally, like you'd go into a mall, you'd physically walk in and go kind of window shopping. Um, mm-hmm. or somebody would kind of tell you what they want and you kind of like try to find it to see what store had it. Um, a lot of times now, um, I actually recently found a website. And I, I might have to send you the link after the show because I, I can't remember what the URL was. But basically this website I found was um, kind of using AI to read all the, these, these specific subreddits and find mm-hmm. the most recommended products in every subreddit. And I thought that was kind of an interesting and novel oh. approach. Um, That's so pretty cool. I, you know what I, I had it and I don't know where I put it, um, but I'll have to kind of uh, find it again and because and, uh, somebody else has asked me about it too. Uh, but I was thinking of the, for this year, I was thinking about going there, and then after that, I'll probably be going to like things like Amazon.com and I don't know, maybe probably asking other people what they want specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. You'll have to send that link over. Um, yeah. I've gotten into Reddit more this year, and it's a yeah. really interesting sort of place lots of different characters on that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> totally totally one one of the things about reddit is that it's it's called an all anonymous so it's mm-hmm. you, it kind of caters to this like i don't know not not it, it kind of like devoids itself from realism <laughs> or, or real life right because people do and say things that they if they're face to face with somebody or if they're with a family member they would never say or do um, so it's kind of like True. this crazy area but a lot of the subreddits that I frequent like are much more honest. Um, yeah, true. A good a good example unfiltered is honesty, yeah. Yeah, a good example is the uni. It's the pizza oven. Okay. They have a community that just sits there and talks about pizza and how to make better pizza, and everyone's really cool and really nice. And um, and yes, it's anonymous, but I think people are a little bit more real there than you get on you know. Uh, Instagram or wherever. Yeah, yeah, it's almost it's almost like you need something in between Reddit and Instagram. Like Instagram is too, too like this is my best self always, and it's like okay, well that's not real life. And then Reddit is, Reddit is almost like caters to the the kind of a negative feedback loop sometimes, where it's like people are critical yeah. and then they like triple down on the on the criticism, which is which is fine if you can filter it out, right? It's just like you just have to find, you just have to find your spots. Yeah, there's a. There's a point there in Reddit where everyone just wants to be right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone wants their comment to be the best. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Or at least the most heard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so 
You mentioned Amazon. Yeah. Um, do you often shop on Amazon? Yeah, I basically Amazon is my go-to for any office supply. Basically, non-branded products. So anything like oh, that's a good. Point. I mean, by branded, I mean I like things like Apple. So the my iPhone or my my MacBook, I bought directly from Apple. Um, but but anything other than that, like any staple product. It's basically all Amazon now. I basically don't go anywhere else. The only other time that I would go to like a, um, I'm in Canada, so you'd have like a Hudson's Bay or, um, and some some of these brands that were international, but um, other clothing stores, sometimes they will have a deal. And so just for, for instance, it's like Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming up, I, a couple stores, um, I'll know about their deals and I'll go to that store directly um, mm-hmm. to, to shop because it because it's such a price uh, discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the space I'm in. Is those e-commerce stores? So, um, yeah. What, what? How do you find out about those? It seems like you don't really search them out per se. Yeah, you. To be honest, usually they're like they're just sent to me. <laughs> like, so they usually come to me from people that actually do care. So it would be like fam- family members, um, like friends that that I know are just like basically borderline fashionistas or like they're they're like bargain searchers. So they they're just kind of looking at like hey like this is high quality and it's coming out of price discount like kind of giddy up like like um and they send it out to not only me it's also going to several other people at the same time mm-hmm. okay that's cool so um yeah so let's just jump into social media and shopping yeah. as a yeah. segue to five hut yeah. um a lot of people are using things like instagram and facebook um reddit also to discover new brands but that's always through advertising. Um, do you ever use any of the other apps? Um, so I, I have, I can say that I bought some items directly off of Instagram. So I have okay. a pair of shoes um, from the company Allbirds. They, they advertised to me and I mm-hmm. bought their shoes directly. I still have them. Um, the only problem with shoes is that like, I actually think that they're kind of like kind of a quarter size too small like mm-hmm. i wish yeah. they were like and the problem is is that there's not actually the next level is, is basically too big for my foot but it's kind of in this like weird zone so i think if i tried them on in person i may have not have uh have, have actually purchased them even though they the material is great the um I, I think the styling is cool but because it was online the thing is is i think their company is based out of new zealand and i wasn't kind of totally sure about the return policy and mm-hmm. sometimes what i've noticed is that with the e-commerce stores when you return online they actually uh, charge you for returns. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if Allbirds did that, but I would, like, I've been caught a couple of times being like, this is um, quite annoying where it's like, I purchased something. I wasn't aware that there was a, basically a costly return policy mm-hmm. um, or, or a non-free return policy. And I kind of got caught. So it's happened to me a few times. Um, and then yeah. I also I purchased a jacket from a company that I, I literally don't know the brand of. I just looked at, like, I like the look. And I was like, okay, let's, let's buy that. Do you not look at the the return policy page or anything like that when you're on the sites or? I mean, I probably should, but I, I just don't think I'm like a educated enough buyer on, on like, like kind of, kind of small goods. Like I honestly don't buy a lot in general. I'm a pretty, I guess, minimalist type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't think I, I can't remember the last time I looked like really closely being like, Oh, what's the return policy on this? Um, for something like if it's like $80, a hundred dollars, it's like, and I'm making the purchase like once a once a quarter or something like that. It's like okay, well, at the end of the day, it's it's it's, it's probably okay for this kind of mm-hmm. even though it's a, it's a headache and it's annoying. 
<laughs> at the end of the day, it's probably okay, but it'll still yeah. be a headache. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I guess the alternative, especially now, is that if it doesn't work out, I guess how I actually think about it is that um, I could go to something like a Facebook Marketplace and list it there um, mm. as an alternative to sending it out to the uh, back to the company if they have an expensive return policy. Have you ever done that? Yeah, I've sold things on Facebook Marketplace. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I've <clears throat> sorry. And and purchase things on Facebook Marketplace actually. Okay. I, I never have. I mean, I've seen some stuff on there, but I always, I just wonder about the quality of it. Like if maybe yeah. that picture was done right when they took it or right when they bought yeah, yeah. it and then something else <laughs> happened to it. Yeah. 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 I guess the, the nice thing about Facebook marketplace is like one of the reasons that clutch even exists and we even got started building clutch was that a lot of, especially in Canada, a lot of the ways to buy used cars would be on a platform called auto trader. And the funny mm -hmm. thing about auto trader is that basically they, they, connect you with sellers of cars but as a buyer you go to them and, and basically the how a lot of people transact with their cars is that they, they, they bring bring like a, a check for like twenty thousand dollars to like a, a shopping mall parking lot and like they kind of meet this person that they've never talked to before and like <laughs> let's do the transaction it's very like it's very like not i don't know it's basically just feels a little bit unsafe and so one of the nice things about clutch <laughs> is that like a basically drug deal. Like a, <laughs> yeah, basic, basically, but that, but it's crazy how many, like, there's so many cars in the world, right? Like you have all these people that if you want to buy used cars, it's like you either go to a, like a used car dealership that like you feel like you're getting ripped off from because they look at used cars all day or you're finding somebody online, but you guys both don't really know what's going on. It's a very unpleasant feeling. Mm -hmm. Is Clutch still, still running? Yeah. Yeah. The website is uh, clutch.ca. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll put it in the chat here. Oh, nice. So for, for Vibe Hut, this, you mentioned Clubhouse and I've never used Clubhouse, but is Clubhouse still running? I thought it got popular like during the pandemic, but then it just kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I, I think that it, it was certainly far more popular during the pandemic. Um, my, my honest approach is that or kind of thought on Clubhouse and even Twitter spaces is it's, it's largely a platform for the people on stage. Uh, um, and really they're trying to build up an audience and kind of feel like they're talking to a lot of people but it's mm -hmm. very much like a soapbox type platform right it's it's great if you if you want to kind of like talk to people or present something new provide some alpha but in general it's it's basically the virtual equivalent to going to a conference where you'd have like a kevin o'leary or a mark cuban on stage very popular people and they're actually a lot of the reasons why you go to these conferences or at least can sell to your family and friends of why you'd spend a thousand dollars to go to a conference is because you're going to point at this like you know, barack obama's going to a conference or chris hadfield or like these very brand name people and you're like oh well i can justify because these pe huge people are here so if i'm going to spend eight hundred dollars or a thousand dollars to go to this conference i can do it because these huge people are going to be there but in reality the, the ironic thing is, is that the, the larger the audience comes in these conference talks, so like you have Chris Hadfield or like, uh, let's say Barack Obama on stage, they're talking perfect, and you have row on row and row of people. And that's, that's kind of what the clubhouse is the virtual equivalent of this. So what happens is the larger the audience, the less engaging it gets individually for every audience member. Once you get up to 50 people in the audience, or 100 people, 500 people in the audience, you're actually there just to watch basically a presentation. You're not talking yeah. to anyone, you're not engaging. But where the conference gets useful for people is actually after that. So you go to dinners and drinks and events where you can meet a few people individually, share your business card, talk to them about their business. You can share what you're working on, what the milestones you hit recently. Uh, are you hiring, firing? Are you marketing? 
what's your new uh, feature or functionality with your product, things like that. And in those small conversations, that is the opportunity to kind of level up your business, level up your life. And basically, Viput does that virtually at scale. Okay. So with if I'm if I'm going into Viput, like I make my own sort of room or community or exactly yeah yeah so um what's kind of cool is that i I guess we can share the screen here um but you'll you'll notice that so the home page of ipod um you basically have the option to uh like this a simple way would be to like create a link where you get a google hangouts or zoom style call you can just send that anywhere people can join in but exactly as you're saying the the real bread and butter of of ipod are are these rooms so you see that we're in this kind of wonderlinsky video office like virtual office video Mm -hmm. room uh, there's a prospecting hour going on right now. So this girl, Lydia, who runs this prospecting hour is in it. See, there's a couple events that are live right now. You have all the upcoming events. And basically the rooms are, each one of these rooms is a 24-7 video call. So you can join any of these rooms and they, they have a slightly different functionality. So this general discussion room, you'll see that the call details on this room is you'll be matched into one-on-one calls. So this is kind of like a new age speed networking platform over video. But what's mm-hmm. important about it is that it's linked to your social. So you have a, a resemblance of an online reputation on this platform. So when you logged in, you logged in with LinkedIn, mm-hmm. um, you'll see that so far you've done one call on the platform and you haven't connected with anyone, obviously because it's the first time using it. However, I've been on this platform a lot. So I have, I've done 1400 calls on this platform. I've connected with 154 people and you kind of see the room that I'm active in right now. And so this is one type of room where you have the, the call details and you might want to join this room and, and you might be uh, less afraid to meet people online because you know that it connects to their kind of online social identity. Mm-hmm. There are other rooms such as the, the room that we're in here that are group rooms where you join up a room, a video call of up to 16 people and total on call is 16 people. So we'll have one video call or, or what is called one hut for this room and it's password gated. So the only way to get in is to know what the password is. So when you go into this room, you, you have the password. Lastly, there are other rooms that are NFT token gated. So this room here is interesting because you'll see that it says, in order to start a call, you need to own at least one NFT from any of these three NFT collections. Mm-hmm. And I'm physically clicking here, and you'll see that it says NFT required. Like we can't, mm-hmm. I can't get in because I don't own the NFT. So it's, it provides that kind of token gated utility. And what's interesting about this one is that you join a video call of up to eight people, and just like a water glass, it fills up to eight people, and the ninth person comes into a new video call, right? Oh, okay. And so this room here would have up to five rooms of eight people, where basically you'd almost like poker tables, where you'd have okay, first first table is eight person, the next is eight, next person eight, up to five of them, and then after that you virtually queue up into a, a line, almost like you would at a bar. And so the benefit of this and where it starts to separate itself from Clubhouse is that the platform itself is designed to help people have the opportunity to be in highly engaging conversations. So unlike being just an audience member while Mark Cuban or Kevin O'Leary are talking on the stage, this is that networking portion where you always have the chance to get into the conversation, ask clarifying questions, share your screen, chat with the people, and, and actually basically have the opportunity to get a word in versus just sitting there and, and basically watching Mark Cuban talk when in reality, you, you might as well listen to him on a podcast, a YouTube video, um, yeah. and watch it at 1.5 times or, or like read the, read the summary of the video and like watch for the funny moment and then kind of go to the next video. So have you found like if you have a room of eight people, yeah. 
I mean, that's a lot of people to discuss one topic is usually, usually is one person kind of leading it or are people just kind of taking turns and, and just kind of using normal civil rules that you would use at like tuck it at a bar. <laughs> yeah, totally. So like, it's super interesting. So like it, it starts to depend on the type of room, right? So uh, let's take a couple of rooms for example. So the, the vibe video, which is an open co-working room, you'll see that these are, these are my rooms. So I've created these and, uh, as the founder of this platform, I'm trying all sorts of rooms. So by video, you kind of get uh, more equality in terms of um, people discussing because everyone's kind of working on their own thing. They're, they're talking about their own things. But then you get into video rooms such as, um, a good example is this weekly investor office hours. So this okay. one is run by a, a guy named Ben Erzing. He's in the US. Um, he used to work at CVS Ventures, which is a $250 million fund. And now he's spun out his, his own fund that is, is totally dedicated to healthcare investing. And so what's interesting about this is that this is an AMA. So a lot of people come in, they ask him questions, and then he really kind of leads the conversation because he's kind of the expert. So Vipa what if he's not like, there? Yeah. So if, if, so the if I jump OEA, into that and I want to ask him a question yeah. and he's yeah. not there, will he see that later or just I have to catch him when he's there? Exactly. So you'll see that you can get, um, you, you can subscribe to the room and you'll get notifications of when he's there. What happens with a lot of these rooms is that you'll see that they uh, they have events. And so the idea of an event is basically that it's a 24-7 video call, but the purpose mm -hmm. of the event is to bring people together at that same time. So Ben oh. will actually add events. So if you go to his room and if you subscribe to it, you would get notified saying like, hey, he's added a new event. Um, actually, we need a button there. But basically you'll see that you can see um, show all events. So you would, on Ben's side, you'd see that he's actually done a lot of events before. Um, and then just whenever the next one shows up, um, you'll, you'll be able to see. What's what's nice about Viput in itself is, and even as just as a podcaster, is that you can have these kind of private password protected rooms where you, you are recording podcasts, you're getting to know people all the time, and you'll have the activity show in your room or your kind of podcasting recording studio, this kind of video call room. What's nice is that you have this activity here on your page, right? And it shows kind of who else has joined. Uh, you also get like stats on kind of, who's joining, things like that. So last seven days, last 30 days, all time. But what's mm -hmm. really nice about it is, is that in addition to having this activity on this page, it also gets hoisted on the sidebar here, as you can see that we're both in the video call room, but then it also goes on publicly on the what's happening page. Yeah, I saw so that. What's, what's super about that is that basically, while you kind of develop your podcast and while you have all these new, new members come in, you basically are getting free marketing as a plus just by doing what you're normally doing on video, um, just by doing it through Wi-Fi. And so it's, it's structured in that way to basically, if you think about Zoom and Google Hangouts, they are made as enterprise tools to connect companies to companies to talk to each other. Viput is a community-first video platform where we care about kind of who's talking to who, who, who is basically a conversationalist, and then we worry about what they're, what they're looking to talk about, what they're an expert in. Versus a lot of these other platforms, it's, it's kind of like, if you think about LinkedIn, everyone knows who the experts are because you can go to their profile, you can see who's an expert. But if you try to reach out to these people, you're going to find that 99% of the time you come up with dead air and you're going, what the heck's going on? Why am I reaching out to these people? And they're not responding to me because they actually don't want to talk. And so Viput starts to identify um, kind of, you'll, you'll see this kind of like free to talk button in the bottom corner. You can basically see like not only on the rooms as analytics, as who talks a lot, but you can also click this free to talk button and it'll actually announce the platform saying like, Jason is, is free to talk. I like this. Um, there's a similar conversation I've had with my wife about um, Substack. 
So I use Substack to host my podcast and newsletter. And the the difference I've seen in that platform as opposed to Twitter is like any social media platform. Twitter is because it's text or it was. Um, people go on there and they say a short bit of what, whatever they want to say and then it's over. But whereas like Substack identifies people who want to create content, they want to write long form. And so everybody that's on there isn't doing anything short. They're doing something that's well thought out. And I think this is kind of the same as TikTok or Instagram reels. Um, you're throwing out the video just so people can watch it. LinkedIn, you're throwing out your content so people can read it. But this is more like if you want to actually talk, there's a place you can actually do it with other people who actually want to talk also. Exactly. It, 100%. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to have to make a, a room for customer psychology and yeah. and talk to people. That'll be really interesting. Yeah, totally. And, and kind of what's cool about it is that, um, as you're saying, it's like we have the rooms that I've created, but then there are all these rooms. These are rooms that I subscribe to. I didn't make any of these rooms. So these are rooms that other people thought of. So the prospecting hour or practicing French or talking about crypto or talking a founder only kind of uh, Slack group created something called The Journey. You have mastermind discussions, office hours. Um, another nice one actually, you go load more. Yeah, there's legal office hours as well. So professionals are able to kind of say like, they might be doing outreach or um, a lot of times you think about like a small town where you'd have like a, a local law office. And so they're gonna have the law office in the middle of town. People are like, hey, if I have a legal issue, I'm gonna go to that legal office. But ironically enough, it's like there's no virtual option to do that. Like, where do you set up your virtual office online? And so we're actually kind of positioning Vipa to have this ability to have a virtual office. And so it is. If that's not mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I had another question. So yeah. when you were on Reddit and LinkedIn, those two particularly, you have a lot of what I call lurkers, yeah. not the people <laughs> yeah. who are actually engaging. They're just kind of there to watch. They're, yeah. they're reading everything and they're, they might connect with people, but they're not comfortable joining in the comments or, or writing their responses. Do you see that in your users that you have that kind of separation between people who are ready to talk and people who are kind of just wading into the waters to see if you know, maybe they want to get into the discussion later, but they just want to sit back and be a wallflower. Yeah, totally, totally. So um, it's interesting that there's a whole spectrum of like different types of users. So um, you have the people that are actively lead to talk, but even based on the functionality that we have on BiFight, so um, we had all of this kind of pure video, but even for myself, when I've done also like, basically you can see on my, if you click on my profile on the side here, you'll see that I've done 1,408 calls on my already. Um, and so I talked to all these people, but even for myself that kind of talks on this platform all the time, I basically get tapped out as well, right? Like I only can talk for like three or four hours a day, then I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm done. And I need to listen to some music, go to the gym, kind of eat some food because I basically, and, and don't catch me at like 6 a.m. either. Like I, my, my hair is already falling out and like <laughs> I look terrible, right? And like, I don't want to be on a video call at all. And so, we've recently added in this kind of functionality for that kind of type of um, lurker where they, we have this um, watch page, which is very oh, much okay. like a Instagram reels, um, YouTube short style. So here's just a video of me talking about kind of uh, learning languages on Vipod and uh, what your typical options are and kind of why Vipod is a, is a great option. Um, and so that type of style, it basically starts to provide some asynchronous 
functionality where obviously people might, might not be ready for the call, um, but they but they are interested to know kind of or watch some of the highlights. And then for some of these rooms, especially some of these like investor AMAs, some people will come in, they'll uh, they'll turn off their video and they won't say a word. They'll just kind of sit there and, and listen. And that's that's perfectly okay too. Cool. So like I said, I will start a customer psychology yeah. themed room for e-commerce uh, businesses. Yeah. Just so the audience who's listening can kind of understand what it is without having to, because this will be a podcast, it'll be audio. Yeah. Um, I'll put I'll put a video up on, on Substack for it, but yeah. if someone wants to kind of know the process of getting into it, can you walk that walk me through that? Yeah. So so Vibed is is designed to be um, the most user friendly um, video platform on the web to to kind of connect. And basically, so you you log in with your existing online reputation. You log in with the existing socials that you've been building up for the last 10 years. So your your Twitter account, your LinkedIn account. And then we also have two other logins for this kind of NFT and Web3 wave. So we have DSO, which is um, positioned to be the, the, the blockchain or Web3 layer for social online. So you think of it as a, a blockchain to host Twitter content. Um, mm -hmm. And then we have MetaMask for NFT, kind of those token gated rooms, which all kind of directly hooks into OpenSea. So basically, if you log in with any of your existing social platforms, uh, you don't have to create a profile. It kind of pulls in all the information from those. And then from there, you can either join in any of the ongoing conversations. You can RSVP or register for any of the upcoming events if, if, you're, if you don't see a conversation you like. Or you can use Wi-Fi purely as a platform just to kind of uh, create your own video call, just like a Google Hangouts or Zoom, and send that link to families or friends. Um, one other way to, to use Wi-Fi is actually this free-to-talk button that Jason and I were just going through. So basically there's a toggle in the bottom right corner where you can hit free to talk on the homepage and that will announce to the, the rest of the people on Viva that you are available to talk. So regardless of wanting to be in a specific room, if you want to talk to somebody, you can just come to Viva at any point in the day, announce that you're free to talk. And there's basically a, a one single step where you would wave to somebody or that <clears throat> that person would wave to you saying like, hey, look, I'd like to talk to you. If you wave back, then you guys can join a call uh, whenever you guys want from that on. This is a very different type of platform. Yeah. Um, how did you think of this? You know what, so I joined this platform called Viso, this this uh, this blockchain platform. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and and what was super interesting about it to me actually, so I, I, had, I had sold my last company, Clutch, and uh, kind of working on this Happen platform, which was like a bookmarking platform. And I started to get involved. Um, my younger brother actually went through Y Combinator. And Y Combinator has these office hours. And, and we, he actually lives right beside me in the building adjacent to me. And so we go for these daily walks. And so one of our walks, he was like, hey, have you ever heard of this thing called BitCloud? I was like, oh, no, I haven't heard about it. He's like, well, um, maybe you should check it out. So I looked into it. And BitCloud was basically, again, this, this Twitter blockchain. BitCloud got renamed to DSO, basically. And okay. basically, it is a um, blockchain for your... Uh, your social content online so you can it, it has a social feed things like that but what was super interesting to me is that uh, BitClout was funded by basically some of the world's best VCs so you had Coinbase Ventures you had Sequoia uh, Andreessen Horowitz uh, Chamath Palpatia from Social Capital Alexo Hanian uh, Peter Thiel's been on the platform Novell's been on the platform um, Toby from Shopify's been on the platform uh, CTO of HubSpot Darmesh has been on the platform so you have all of these like ridiculously um, kind of interesting people in our world all circling on this this platform. And it actually got to the point where like even recently, Darmesh, who's the CTO of HubSpot, $15 billion company, 
he recently kind of like retweeted one of my posts that I was like, Hey, like it was a, there's a video on TikTok about Dharmesh and I kind of posted it. I was like, Hey, there's a great video on Dharmesh and he reposted it. And what was very apparent to me was that there are all these unbelievably interesting people and they all had a coin price associated with their account. So just like on, on Twitter where you'd have a follower account on DSO, you have a coin price. What was mm-hmm. super interesting about it to me is that basically I had access to all of these people and I was talking to all these incredibly interesting people, but it was always at arm's length. And so Viput actually started as this platform to, to kind of match people based on their coin, coin creator price with each other. So say you had a coin price of $1,000, you could say, hey, match with somebody that has $500 or more on your coin price. And then you could basically get into this like speed networking where you'd be assured to match up with super interesting people. And so that's kind of, it, it was basically kind of uh, humanizing this kind of social platform where everyone on the platform were, was posting just like they would post on Twitter. But the funny thing is, is about a blockchain based platform, just like Reddit almost, is that it's dehumanized because everyone has a, a PFP, right? Which is like an NFT profile picture or a cartoon profile picture. So you actually literally almost basically never know who you're talking to. But I knew that because of all the people on this platform that a lot of times I was kind of getting likes from these like globally, global elite and thought leaders. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Um, how do I get kind of in contact with them? How can I learn from them? Um, how can I talk to them more? Because I'm building businesses and I'd, I'd love to kind of pick their brain on kind of what I'm working on, get their thoughts. Um, and maybe that could help me accelerate my life too. And there just was really no easy way to do that because just like to reach out to somebody on Twitter on, or on Instagram or Reddit, a lot of times these experts, they come up and you just get deaf ears because, because again, it's just uh, the, the noise is so much more than the signal for them. So you basically mm-hmm. have a warm introduction or nothing. And so Viput is, is, was created to be a platform to bring together, again, people that want to talk and are willing to talk and, and not having to kind of be worried about this this whole world of kind of reaching out to people that, again, are, are not looking to talk, but their resume is online where they look amazing on paper, but if they don't want to talk, it, it's basically zero. Really cool. Awesome. Well, that was really good. Yeah. So one last question. Yeah. What's on your Christmas list? <laughs> um, on my Christmas list? That's a good question. Um, well, uh, you know what? I, I probably should get a, a new French press is kind of what I need. I have this one that's bad for a while. Uh, a new French press would be nice. Um, I live in Toronto, so, so maybe, I don't know if this is a, bit, a Christmas gift, but maybe a, a trip down south would be nice to kind of get away from the summer cold. It just started snowing yesterday. So that'd be nice. But um, usually usually I'm kind of a hard person to buy for. I don't, I don't really. I'm a pretty simple guy. I don't need to too much. Awesome. And how about, how about you? How about you? <laughs> Me? I'd like a road bike. I don't oh, know cool. if I'm going to get that because I'll probably be really picky when I do pick one out. Yeah. Um, but like I mentioned, that uni oven. I, I just do want a. I do want a pizza oven. Yeah. That'd be sweet. A nice margarita is is good for the soul. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> all right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. It was really good. Yeah. And I will. I'll put all the links into the show notes so people can kind of come over here and check um Viput out and what you're doing. Yeah, amazing. All right. Thanks again to Chris for being on the show. And be sure to check out vibehut.io. I'm going to host a live AMA every Wednesday at 9 a.m. on there. So go check it out, sign up, and let's talk. And if you want to read more about customer psychology, be sure to go to heroesofecommerce.substack.com and subscribe.
All right. See you next time.